This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. How would you like to win $10,000 to help grow your rental property business? If you're interested, learn more about the hashtag America's Best Landlord Contest hosted by our sponsor, Steadily. More to come on that later. It's Bernadette Joy, and I am super pumped to be back because in this season, we are going to talk about FIRE, financial independence, relax every day. And I'm going to share with you my personal tips on how AJ and I reached early retirement in our 30s, and I'm going to bring in some special guests who are going to drop some serious knowledge on how you can speed up your journey to financial freedom. Welcome to season four of my podcast, Crush Your Money Goals. What's up, y'all? It's Bernadette Joy, and I am back for another episode to share with you my love-hate relationship with the beauty that is real estate. And don't get me wrong, I love real estate, but there are a lot of people out in the personal finance space who tout rental properties as a way to become financially independent, and it absolutely can be. But I'm your girl that tells you the truth, and You can hear about all the great things from those other people who a lot of times are trying to sell you into some sort of course or some sort of thing to get you to do real estate investing. And I just want to share with you the real what's up on four ways that being a landlord can actually cost you more than you planned. Now, rental properties have become an increasingly popular financial vehicle on the road to financial independence, but I learned firsthand that being a landlord and managing rental properties is not as easy as it looks on Instagram, and so ultimately, I recently decided to take a break from it, and between the management requirements and the financial costs, I want you to know that while things can be really great and it absolutely helped me build my finances towards financial independence, there are also very real challenges that should be considered before becoming a landlord. Now, I remember a time when I thought owning rental properties was my passive income ticket to financial independence, but it turned out that the income I ended up generating was a lot less passive than I'd expected because there was also a ton of work involved. And so ultimately, after experiencing the everyday requirements and financial costs of being landlords, AJ and I recently sold all of our real estate deciding that right now it wasn't worth weathering the financial costs and impact on our lifestyle. And so we set our sights on investing in other ways and maybe we're going to come back to it. Actually, I for for sure know we'll come back to real estate, but it's just not for us at this moment in time. However, when we purchased the homes that would make up our initial real estate investments, each one started out as a primary residence And then we were eventually able to convert those to rentals and we paid them off. And I love myself a good piece of paid off real estate. And it was also during that time, though, that we realized that being a landlord could be more challenging than we had expected. And so while rental properties are a popular investment tool on the way to financial freedom, owning and maintaining rental properties are two very different things. So here are four things I want you to consider 
that landlording, is that a word? Landlording can be more expensive than you might be ready for. Number one, are you ready to find and vet quality tenants? Now, finding and vetting quality tenants can be a long process. You will need to conduct a background check and a credit check, and that can get really expensive if you can't find good tenants because you're in that process for a long time. Now, we bought our first property in 2013, almost 10 years ago. And when we purchased our second home and rented out that first home, we learned a lot about the renting process and that it could be difficult. Turns out it's not as easy as you would think to find quality tenants quickly because even if there's a job loss or a tenant with unreliable income, you could find yourself still covering the mortgage even though you actually have a tenant in place. We were shocked at how hard it was to find good tenants, and we had to sort through dozens of applications and running background checks every single time. And often we would find someone who would have bad credit or even questionable income, and we ended up having new tenants almost every year. So we had to go through that process pretty regularly, just finding new tenants, which wasn't really built into our rental uh, process or what we were expecting to profit. As an example, we uh, went through this process with a beautiful, wonderful woman, very sweet, very nice. But once we went through the background check and we were about to hand her over the keys, we figured out that she worked at, let's say, a not so um, upstanding establishment where she was paid in cash and we couldn't get reliable references from her for her employer. And though she was very sweet and very nice, we ultimately had to turn her down. And it took us several more applications before we found someone who we felt comfortable renting out that space. Number two, maintenance and repairs on your rental property can add up to a significant sum of money. Think about the cost of maintaining, repairing, or even replacing major appliances maybe flooring or windows, the property being rented out may be generating income, but the cost of keeping it in shape to rent can cost thousands of dollars. In our first property that we rented, there was a ton of damage and repairs that were required. And that was actually what made us decide to sell the property after that tenant left. Now, many landlords, especially new ones, are not prepared for the costs associated with maintaining the property. They're just employing the hope and pray strategy, which is like, oh my gosh, I hope and pray that nothing bad happens. But when you are a landlord, you cannot ignore leaky toilets or a broken air conditioner. And if a tenant asks for a repair or notifies you that something in the rental is broken, you have to take care of it. I do believe that there is a responsibility as a landlord to make sure that you're giving good livable living conditions. And this can cost you a lot more than you were expecting to spend. And so number three is, aside from the repairs while you have a tenant, there's also a lot of fixing and repairing the property in between tenants. Preparing the unit and getting it in condition to rent can be very costly. And every time a tenant leaves, a property must be put back in stellar condition for a new tenant, especially if you want to be competitive to find tenants who are going to take good care of your place. If there is damage of any kind, the landlord is responsible. That's you. You are the landlord. You're responsible for those repairs. And rental property repairs can show up when you least expect them. We once had a nightmare tenant 
where we had no idea how much they had damaged a property until they were ready to leave. And when we came into the property, we found water damage. We found red paint splattered all across our like hardwood floors. We found dings and stains and smoke stuff on the walls. It was not a good situation. And it was several thousands of dollars to repair everything. And as soon as we came in, we knew that any profit that we might have made from rent was just going right back into the property. And that is not what we had hoped for. So just remember, if you are thinking about being a landlord, it's not just the cost to fix up the property the first time. It's the cost to fix up the property every time you rotate tenants coming in and out of your space. But here is the fourth reason and the biggest reason that AJ and I decided to take a break from being landlords, because even if you find the right property and a great tenant, there are still going to be hassles, inconveniences, and unexpected issues that might mess with your mental peace. Now, there are some things that happen like broken furnaces, frozen pipes during the winter, roofing issues, because... I don't know, the roof always wants to leak whenever we own one, apparently. Broken windows, things like that. And if you don't use a management company to handle your rental property, you are going to be the one receiving all those emergency calls. And I learned very quickly that owning a rental property can be a full-time responsibility, just like a nine to five, especially if it's a rental property that you know isn't brand new. So we had a situation where one of our tenants had locked themselves out and instead of calling a locksmith, they called me and AJ, woke us up in the middle of the night at two in the morning. And taking all of this into consideration, I came to the conclusion that being a landlord was just not right for me right now, given all of the other things that I have on my plate. And so some of the issues with the properties that we've had in the past really caused an interruption, not just to our lifestyle and not just uh, you know because it took us time and money, but because I was getting stressed out thinking about some of the things that were happening that were out of our control, especially after our tenants were, you know, causing crazy things in the space and calling us at two in the morning. Those were things that I just wasn't prepared to do with my time and my mental energy. And so after selling all three properties, we decided to put the profits for now into traditional investments while we travel, while I build up crush your money goals, while I learn how to become a better media person like this podcast. And with selling those properties, we were able to make the profit immediately instead of trickling it over a little bit over a long period of time. And that just worked for us right now. So in the end, being a landlord is a lot of work and you have to decide whether it is worth it or even sustainable given maintenance and repair costs, the work it takes to find quality tenants and the unexpected hassles and emergencies that will eventually happen. But stay tuned because if this didn't scare you, that's a good thing. That means that you're really considering and you're really motivated and committed to becoming a landlord. And I want to share a resource and some expert advice from our sponsor on how you can mitigate those risks if you decide that you want to go the rental property route. Stay tuned. Remember when I asked you about $10,000 and if you're interested in winning that? 
Well, Steadily is recognizing and rewarding landlords for the ways, both big and small, that they contribute to their communities and fostering connections between landlords. Now, the past several years have presented rental property owners with many unprecedented situations and challenged landlords to adapt and rethink their business in new and innovative ways. And so Steadily is recognizing and celebrating the strength of this community and highlighting positive stories of the big and small ways that landlords contribute positively to our lives. So if you are a landlord, would you like to win $10,000? You can do so by entering Steadily's hashtag America's Best Landlord Contest. And it's easy. You simply go on Instagram, you follow Steadily Insure and Bigger Pockets. Then you post an image or a video to your Instagram feed sharing what you think makes a great, grand landlord. And then you just include hashtag America's Best Landlord in your caption and tag Steadily Insure and Bigger Pockets in your post. Now this contest is going through October 31st and I really hope that one of our Crush Your Money Goals listeners wins. So go ahead and apply and tell us what your story is. Welcome back, guys. I am so excited to introduce you to my new friend who we met at FinCon, and uh, he is also part of the team that is sponsoring this season's podcast, Steadily Insurance, and his name is Adam, and we're going to learn from him more about how technology, how insurance is really changing and how that can help reduce some of the stresses that I talked about earlier in this episode about being a landlord. So Adam is uh, the Senior Vice President of Growth and Partnerships at Steadily. And if you hadn't figured it out from the previous things you've heard about Steadily, they use technology to help landlords like me, like you, and real estate investors get fast and affordable insurance for any property type all 50 states. And in his role, he works directly with investors. He also partners with companies of all types to solve insurance for their customers. And before this, he was actually in senior leadership and another technology company serving their real estate and property management industry. So he is our guru today. And welcome, Adam. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I am so glad to have you here. And so the first question I want to just ask you is to share with our listeners a little bit more about Steadily and how Steadily can ease the pains of being a landlord like what I talked about earlier. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think when you when you think about what we're setting out to do with Steadily, we're, we're um, trying to make getting insurance and the experience of working with a company to not only obtain insurance, but the claims process, everything involved with working with us is uh, a goal to be a delightful and modern experience. Steadily was created because, you know, we, we saw a need and, and felt the experience being landlords ourselves of going out and trying to get insurance. And, you know, quite frankly, it was painful, right? It mm-hmm. takes days, if not weeks to get quotes and you know, the old uh, golden rule is you should always at least get three competitive quotes to make sure you're getting a good deal. And, you know, to do that takes a lot of time and effort. So we wanted to simplify that. And that's, uh, that's, that's what we're setting out to do. And, you know, it's all we focus on is rental property insurance. And so unlike a lot of companies out there that do a little bit of everything, this is all we do. And quite frankly, we're really good at it. 
I love that so much. So a lot of people don't know on the podcast that I actually, my first job out of school was at an insurance company and delightful is not the word that I would (laughs) use with it. And that leads me to my next question, which is there's a lot of common misperceptions about insurance, like it's going to be arduous, like it's going to be painful. Definitely delightful was not a word that I was thinking of previously. So how are you guys actually making this a delightful experience? Well, on the front end, what we're doing is we're using technology to uh, limit the amount of questions that you have to answer, right? So Mm -hmm. if you were to call your local insurance agent down the road and uh, try and get insurance on a property, they're going to ask you a whole litany of questions about when the home was built, how many square feet, and the list goes on and on. And uh, we're uh, a company that prides ourselves on our technology and our data partners to be able to pull that information in so that we don't have to ask that information. We can show you, you can validate it, but you don't have to go and search and find and answer all those questions. So on the front end, we're making it very, um, you know, very streamlined and fast uh, to, to get a quote. You can get a quote in a matter of 15 seconds or less. And um, aside from that, after you become a customer, our our goal is to keep you as a customer and to consistently and constantly over time, keep looking out for you and your investment and your protection. So, um, you know, keeping customers long term is the ultimate goal. So during the claims process, we really go above and beyond to take care of our clients um, and provide wow customer service to the point where, you know, we get really high ratings and reviews and that's pretty hard for an insurance company to do, but we've, our team has worked hard to accomplish that. That's amazing. I used to work at a claims office and hearing some of the calls sometimes it's like, wow, there people, you know, people don't call insurance when things are going hunky dory. People call insurance when things haven't gone well, right? So mm-hmm. making that as seamless of a process definitely can take a lot of stress out of it. So I would love, uh, since you are doing a lot of partnerships and you've probably heard a lot of stories of what Steadily has done, can you share a specific example of a landlord or someone that Steadily has helped? to that helped avoid some of that major pain that you talked about? Yeah. So I think, um, you know, the first one that immediately comes to mind, uh, and this is even pre hurricane Ian, uh, but the Florida insurance market has been challenging this year to say the least. Mm. There have been, um, over a half dozen carriers that unfortunately have gone insolvent And, you know, the insurance industry in general in Florida is in a really, really bad place. So um, the the unique position that Steadily is in is that we're, you know, we're a carrier, we're an MGA, but we're also an agency that has 30 plus partnerships of other carriers to go and work with and uh, seek out uh, coverage for our clients and, you know, for anybody looking to get a quote. So uh, working with an investor they um, went through all the due diligence to purchase the property. They're at closing, and all of a sudden, they got hit with a, uh, a sticker price on insurance of forty thousand dollars. Forty thousand dollars. Yeah, word. and so obviously they about fell out of their chair and uh, said, "We can't do this deal. This is not obviously going to work. It's no longer an investment. It's an expense, and this mm-hmm. isn't going to work. Right? The numbers just don't add up." And so our partner called me and said, hey, like we're in a bind, like, can you help us here? And I was like, yep, let's see what we can do. And we were able to shop around and find some uh, find some some carriers and some coverage for them that uh, that that made the deal work. Right. So 
you know, that's that, that that's one recent example, again, pre-Hurricane Ian, but it's only going to become even more important for folks that are in, um, you know, coastal or high-risk areas to really shop around because the insurance market's changing very quickly. I... Uh, I feel like I'm learning a lot just from this conversation because you're right. I my immediate thought didn't come to you know what's happened recently. That was very recent, Hurricane Ian, mm-hmm. and you know unfortunately it's probably not going to be the last of hurricanes that we're going to see. And we often forget that a lot of these homes that we've seen that have gotten impacted are not just you know people who've lived in those homes, but people who have invested maybe life savings, right? As an investor, like that was their retirement plan. That was their generational Mm -hmm. wealth that they were going to give to their family. And there's this misconception that people think that, I I got this, uh, this comment on Instagram actually about my post and about steadily. And someone said, a lot of people think that landlords are like sitting on a beach in Jamaica or something like they're rich. And uh, most of these investors that we're talking about are everyday people who also have families Mm -hmm. who also have things that they're working on. And so I love that you guys are doing this America's best landlord contest. Also, I think it's such a good hashtag America's (laughs) best landlord. And I would love your thought. What does it mean to be a great landlord? What do you like when you think of a great landlord? What do you think of? You know, I think uh, the first thing that uh, that pops in mind is just really quality customer service. You know, I think um, anybody, whether you're a, a tenant or a guest, if it's a short term rental, you know, your expectation is that, um, you know, things can happen. It's life. But when things do happen that, you know, you expect prompt service and, um, you know, you expect for things to be addressed um, at the at the level of in, in sense of urgency that's needed. Right. And, you know, that's the first thing I think about. And then secondly, it's, um, you know, for a, a great landlord to not forget the, the people factor here. Right. That these are these are lives and a roof over a head and a family that could be impacted. And so. Um, you know, doing the right thing often uh, is harder than most would think. But, you know, being able to just do the right thing and knowing that it's going to pay off in the end in some way, some some form, uh, that to me is being a great landlord, not just thinking about, you know, the rent check or uh, the situation right now, but uh, long term. I love that so much. And I thought we'd have a little fun with this last question. So the prize for the America's Best Landlord, aside from, uh, you know, being part of Steadily's blog social channels, getting a pass to Bigger Pockets, uh, BCon, uh, BPCon, and I guess you get also a Turbo Tenant Premium Membership. But the thing that caught my eye was you get to win $10,000 in cash. So if you got the $10,000, which I know you're probably not eligible since you're a steadily employee, <laughs> but if you had $10,000 in cash as a landlord, what what are some ideas you would have on how to use that? You know, I think uh, personally, and I don't want to put pressure on the winner to, you know, try and influence what they would do. But personally, I, uh, I would probably try and figure out how to pay it forward, you know, um, uh, I would, I would, I would try and recognize some some renters or clients that have a need or maybe vendors. Mm. Uh, that's another thing. That's another area that I would look because, um, you know, contractors out there um, are working around the clock and working late hours. And so I don't know, I would personally, I would try and pay it forward to, uh, to somebody that uh, would, 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 would benefit even more than I would. 
Oh my gosh, that was such a better answer than what I would have said. I was like, <laughs> people know me on this podcast. My media thought I was like, I would pay down the mortgage or I would, you know, try to shave off some interest or whatever it is. But I will say that I had a wonderful, uh, you guys heard about some of my horror stories as a landlord, but I had this amazing tenant who uh, still st- stays in touch with me on LinkedIn. And he was now a tenant maybe eight years ago. And he left me like the nicest message the other week saying he's been following my financial independence journey. He loves to tell people that I was his landlord at one point. And I would have loved to just give him, you know, one month's worth back to him Uh for he was the best tenant I ever had. He kept really good uh, care of the property and he had. Uh, referred our next tenant after him after he bought a home and so I would have loved to in hindsight given him a little referral bonus for that next tenant that he gave us so there are so many cool things you can do with this ten thousand dollars I so appreciate you and the team at Steadily for doing this contest and for supporting this podcast and I hope that you guys all check out steadily.com and if you are thinking about being a landlord you don't have to be a landlord to join the contest you can be anyone who has a great story to tell about what it means to be hashtag America's best landlord thanks Adam yes thank you Thanks thanks for having me thank you so much for listening today please be sure to leave me a review and let me know what you learned. And for daily money tips, follow me on Instagram at Bernadette Joy. But if you're ready to plan your escape to financial independence with me as your personal finance millionaire coach, head to my website at crushyourmoneygoals.com. See you next time. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. Network.com.